Thank you for tuning in to the Queer Stories of Q's podcast. Flores and I'm a senior at SU. I am one of the research assistants for the LGBTQ Resource Center. Um, we have created a oral history archive project and it's essentially a collection of interviews within folks with with folks from the community and any student, alum, fa- faculty and staff at SU that are part of the community as well. And it's a pleasure to have you. So if you feel comfortable, you can state your name. Uh, pronouns and your affiliation with Syracuse. Yeah, so hi, I'm Carr Shapiro. Um, my pronouns are they, them, people use he, him, it's calm, but I prefer they, them. Um, and I'm a senior at SU studying entrepreneurship, minoring in women and gender studies. Nice. Uh, thank you for coming out here and yeah. just being on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, So I guess you could just kind of start off, I guess we could talk about, you know, who you are, um, your background, um, just, yeah, just essentials, you know, what what is car? So, um, I'm sure if you know a car, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met another car, but I'd maybe like to. So, um, I'm from South Florida. I'm, I identify as a queer, trans-masculine person, um, heavy on the queer, and I don't know what else to add. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could also, um, for the archive, I've, I've been doing a couple, so I don't know if anyone listens to this one out of order, but I'm um, also queer and trans and heavy on queer, um, but uh, pronouns also he, him, and they, them, um, as long as you don't misgender me. <laughs> it, is, it is no problem. Um, but I guess you could just kind of talk about, and if you ever feel uncomfortable, I could also just share my experiences, but uh, just growing up a part of the community uh, with your <coughs> family and friends. So just how yeah, is it, you yeah. know? So I am kind of someone who came out involuntarily. Um, not that I was outed, but I just looked super queer from birth. Yeah. Um, and I dressed very like masculine, kind of androgynous looking. Um, as far as back as I can remember, to be honest, I remember elementary school, people would be kind of confused on like what I was. Um, I didn't come out as like bisexual until seventh grade I want to say I was kind of one of the only out people in middle school and then I committed to lesbianism (laughs) um, eighth grade ninth grade and then I kind of figured I think there's something else going on came out as non-binary used they them pronouns kind of before it became well known Mm -hmm. it didn't my close friends, you know, everyone knew, but my close friends were the only people who really, like, supported me in, in that way and used my pronouns and stuff. It was kind of hard. 
and then senior year, right before senior year, I came out as trans and started hormones, um, got top surgery right after I graduated high school, and I think I'm like four years on T now, that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I came to Syracuse University, um, I would say trans transitioned, um, mm -hmm. and it kind of provided me an opportunity to introduce myself to people in the way that I wanted to be seen yeah. and not necessarily how people saw me from the past, which is what I experienced in high school. Um, and I try to be as open as possible. I, I think that most people know that I'm trans. Yeah. If you have me on Insta and like <laughs> socials, like, you know, um, but it's also something that I like to be vocal about because I feel like I have a lot of different privileges and I'm able to do that and maybe be visible for people who aren't necessarily able to. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that like throughout my time here at Syracuse University, I have been able to connect with a lot of different trans people and that's something that I didn't really expect, but it's like a nice, nice little thing. No, I'm, I'm glad you was able to I guess have that experience you wanted to, I guess coming here, um, knowing, I guess, you know, you're still learning, you know, at that age, but I guess learning who you are and being more comfortable within your own body, just mm -hmm. how you want to identify as and just having people see you that way. Cause I feel like for a lot of like cisgender folks, it's more like, oh, but you know, you, you know, like it's, it's just more so like there's still a lot of transphobia, you know, mm -hmm. when we talk about like, uh, just calling <laughs> folks by their name or just using their pronouns, like it's where's the hesitation, you know? Yeah, and I think that in high school I didn't necessarily like experience much transphobia per mm -hmm. se. It was more so just people being uneducated about it yeah. and a little bit uncomfortable by it. Yeah. Um, and then coming here, I I faced transphobia. It actually was kind of like a different experience here because the way that people perceive me was something I've never experienced before. Um, like when I came here, people, I feel like I'm cis passing definitely. And like people just saw like a flamboyant dude. So they just assumed that I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And that was a very new experience for me Yeah. because I'd never been perceived as like a gay man. Um, and yeah, that was kind of like, I struggled with that my first like year or so, cause it was just new to me. Mm -hmm. I always either was misgendered or seen as like this, I don't know, like straight guy. Yeah. And I don't think any of those are really like the true <laughs> label to be honest, but uh -huh. um, it, it was new and weird. No, I, um, I, th I think here, especially just in general, like there's like this need to identify or label yeah folks you know like you just can't let people be mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> no yeah and I think that also like coming in as a freshman you're meeting all these new people and it's like snap judgments about people yeah and it was hard at first because I wasn't meeting anyone that I really felt connected to or felt like they got my whole thing mm -hmm. um but I was trying to be open and it took a while to like actually find people that I was like okay like, these people know who I am and they don't care like we're just cool Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, I think um, finding community and new spaces or like just spaces in general, like folks can feel safe, mm -hmm. or like 
they could talk about, you know, who they are, about their identities, how, you know, this random experiences also, like, if you want to just talk about your day, how classes where you yeah. don't want people thing, yeah yeah you don't want you know, i don't know like it's also like um a lot of trans folks have to hide like so much yeah because of the spaces they're in that they're not comfortable enough um trying to like pass because mm-hmm. they're afraid of like you know just harassment or judgment or just unnecessarily unnecessary yeah. things that happen to them unfortunately um i guess you could kind of just talk about you've mentioned it before um, but when you came to terms with your queerness and your um, your gender identity, did mm. you feel like there was like a specific thing for you like that helped you out, or you know like was the language easy for you to like you know understand like different things like? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. I want to say like when I came when, before I came out as non-binary in high school. I want to say like freshman year I definitely noticed that like I was dressing really masculine and like pretty much felt like that but there were things like I I felt extremely dysphoric in my body and I didn't really have the words for it but I just like felt super uncomfortable and then kind of exploring that a little bit I realized that like, I definitely, I, I knew that I definitely wanted top surgery, like, way before I realized I was trans, which is yeah. interesting. And I, like, kind of look back and, like, I knew I just had a lot of internalized, like, fear and transphobia. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be trans. Yeah. So I didn't really admit that to myself. And I also think, like, like looking back, I kind of was taught almost that because I wanted top surgery, it made me specifically like trans man. And I would have to go on hormones and kind of make the whole transition. And I think looking back, I don't regret anything, definitely, but I kind of am in a place now where like, that isn't necessarily true. And yes, I've had top surgery and like, yes, I look masculine and I have like a beard and stuff and my voice is low and blah, blah, but that doesn't make me a man and I'm also not trying to be a man. Yeah. Um, I really like this like in between place Mm -hmm. and kind of going off what you were saying about passing and doing it for different reasons. I feel like a lot of the time, like I pass for safety and for comfort, comfortability, but there's also places and spaces where I try really hard to not pass. And sometimes that is the challenge for me as well. Yeah. Um, cause if you don't know me, then you kind of just assume that I'm cis and I don't like that. <laughs> I think, it, um, we used to like joke around with folks that like, oh, like, oh, you're, you're cis? Like you're cis and straight? Like, yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> In my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, I'm glad to like, I guess hear, I guess how it was for you. And I think, um, when we talk about transitioning, I feel like because the society is so focused on the binary, like yeah. even when trans focus, it's like, okay, so you're transitioning to a man, okay, that's it, you know, or, or a man, like yeah, or yeah. you're gonna transition to be a woman, that's it, you know, I just, you, there's just this like reluctance to allow folks to be who they are, like in mm-hmm. outside of this binary, outside of these, this homophobic, transphobic, like 
structures that um, folks put out there because I feel like people are okay with folks being gay and <coughs> if someone says, oh, they're trans or they're non-binary, it's a problem. Or just like yeah. gender fluid or gender queer, like it's just, uh, just allowing folks the space to be in their own bodies and be comfortable with their own bodies, like it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it has nothing to do yeah. with you. And I feel like almost in high school, like, mm-hmm. I really tried to be super binary once transitioning. So, like, people would take me seriously about yeah. my identity and how I wanted them to, like, refer to me and stuff. I mean, I've been going as car for a long time, so it wasn't necessarily getting, like, dead named or anything, but the the pronouns and, like, going to the bathroom mm-hmm. and doing the things where it was, like, guys do this, like, go in this group and girls mm-hmm. go in this group and, like, stuff like that. I felt like I really had to... Um, subscribe to the binary to get by and have people take me seriously which is like very annoying Um, but I think that now I've definitely been able to unlearn a lot of that Um, and it feels a lot better more Mm -hmm. genuine yeah I um I well when I I started transitioning in college right Mm -hmm. at SU and it was like towards it was after um, school shut down because of COVID Mm -hmm. so I think it was like 2020 started transitioning in June um, so it's been like two and a half months I can't really count so I think it's like two and a half I, if I do the math right maybe um, but I think it's more so like because even when I was transitioning I felt like I had to also be masked like I feel yeah. like like a lot of trans folks like when they transition it's like this fear like that they have to yeah be super feminine or super masculine so that they feel like they're comfortable in spaces so that they feel like they won't be judged or they won't be like misgendered or you know just dead named and um i it's just more so of like we're always like when we talk about transitioning um there's always like oh if you get top surgery then you have to be transmasked all right right you don't have to like if you want to get top surgery you could get top surgery and you also (laughs) don't have to get top Mm -hmm. surgery um and some people can't either and that doesn't make you less trans less whatever yeah um, but as an 18, 17 year old, I couldn't get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like, um, and it, it's, it's just more so like, uh, there's folks that like, you know, support transness or like the trans community. And they talk about like medical transitions like that. Oh, you have to have those in order to be trans. Like you just, you the just, support is conditional. You have to be a certain type of trans. Yeah. To be. You don't have to take testosterone if you don't want to, like it's all very optional like yes. <laughs> um and the folks that can't access these resources shouldn't feel less right mm-hmm. and um i don't know i'm just glad to i guess talk to you more about your experience because i was able to have an interview with the trans trans um trans mass folks that graduated from here mm-hmm. and it's very like the time that he attended isu like there was a lack of resources you know like mm-hmm. isu mm-hmm does the bare minimum right you know the pronoun system was like recently introduced yeah um putting your preferred name was recently introduced still that shows up like you know birth sorry would still put your dead name if you mm-hmm. if that's what you have legally um so i think it's more so like there is more resources now you know you could get if you want to start transitioning, go to the barn center, try to talk to someone yep. um, to help you out with that process. Cause that's what I did. I was so, so confused. I was like, I don't, I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was like when COVID was happening. So I was like, I, 
Right. I don't want to go anywhere and I don't want to get COVID. But I still want to get tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was just like even less and less resources beforehand because, you know, Syracuse. Right. Um, <laughs> for the lack of better words, you know, just didn't have the support that they needed for communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, no, I'm just glad to hear your experience. Um, so if, I guess if you can, if you could talk more about like, you know, what it was at issue for you um, since you're a senior now. Mm-hmm. I guess talk about you know what it was freshman freshman year to now like the difference oh no just like in general like you know how was because you said that it took you a while to find community find mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. Um, you know once you found those spaces how it was um, was there specific orgs that you felt like you enjoyed being a part of got it yeah <clears throat> so I think when I first got here, very much culture shock. I'm from South Florida. There's a lot of queer folks in South Florida. There's a lot of black and brown people in South Florida. And it's nothing like this where I feel like very socially here, one, it's very clicky in general, but also it's very like segregated in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that was really shocking to me. I feel like in a way I got catfished um, coming here. But I was already here, so I had to make the best of it. And I think for a while it took me time to find a place on campus that I felt comfortable and felt like I actually liked the people. My first semester I felt very alone and like I was going through some other stuff like broke up with a girlfriend, like didn't want to do the long distance thing, was dealing with that, didn't really have any friends. The friends that I did have at first I didn't necessarily feel connected to. Mm -hmm. And I was really just kind of lost and, like, unhappy. Um, And I actually went, I started group therapy at Barnes. um, And that was literally just because I I wanted to go see someone. And they were like, we can't really provide weekly individual appointments. But if you want something that's weekly, we can do group therapy. And I was like, okay, never done that, but sure. Um, Just because I wanted something weekly. And... Through that, my first semester, I met some cool people, and the group was really interesting, and I was able to kind of talk about, like, my social anxiety and, like, meeting new people and having lack of community and that type of thing, and through that and also through um, my RA, uh, Torian Clark, who's now, like, one of my close friends, she, I was kind of telling her the same thing, and she connected me with Rolando and Rolando and her kind of were saying like you know there's this group Alpha Kappa Psi Um, I know that you're a business student it's a business professional fraternity Um, and the people that you're looking for this this is what Rolando said to me he he looked at me right in the face and said (laughs) the people that you're looking for are here and you should go like seek them and I laugh about it now because I'm now the president and it has completely like changed my experience here in so many ways. Um, But that was the first thing. And I did that second semester. I also, um, I think you were actually, might've been there um, when I did Athena's like radio show. Oh, I think, um, I think, Bush. I think Bush, Bush was there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, it was a long time ago, but 
Uh, that's W W E or W. Yeah. And yeah. through that, I was like, that's really cool too. Yeah. Um, and so I did. I joined that. Joined Alpha Kappa Psi. Um, and from there, I started to like meet some people that I like felt like they really saw who I was and liked mm-hmm. that and appreciated the differences um, and made me feel comfortable. And then sophomore year, I joined Jerk Magazine. Just, I, I have a background in journalism from mm-hmm. high school. I'm really artistic. I like to write, I like journalism. I like Jerk the Magazine. <laughs> um, so it kind of made sense and I had nothing really else to do <laughs> sophomore year because we were like on South, like, going to hybrid classes, like, it was bullshit, but, um, I did that, and although it was online and stuff, I still made some connections with people, mm-hmm. and I think just through those different types of communities, like, artistic, yeah. motivated, um, professional places, I felt the most accepted, and also, specifically, those spaces were, like, the most diverse, mm-hmm. um, I would say, like, my fraternity I'm one of two white guys in the frat um, and I like it that way I think that having such a diverse group of people is really important and it makes everyone feel comfortable I think that that's that's how I feel most comfortable to be honest and there's also not many times where I'm like the minority in the room and mm-hmm. it has taught me a lot um, experientially but through all those things met some really cool people specifically WRW um, and Jerk I kind of used Jerk sometimes to meet people Yeah. Um, <laughs> like oh I want to write an article and I'm gonna take advantage of this article and reach out to some people that I think yeah. are cool um, it was I, I wrote a piece about um, I was in the LGBTQ plus resource group, like, um, peer mentorship group family thing, mm-hmm. um, for a semester, and I met this guy who basically was telling me, like, the history of Syracuse, like, gay clubs, and apparently there were, like, 14 down on Warren Street, and I was like, that is crazy. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even like, know that. Like, that is actually unbelievable to me just Mm -hmm. because of the community now and, like, what it is, which is, from what I thought, it was really small and, like, not really a huge thing. Um, But that got me really interested, and I ended up writing an article about it and writing about um, queer communities and spaces on campus. Used that as an opportunity to talk to... Barry Wilson, who worked at the Resource Center, and had a really great, really great convo with her. Literally, um, I remember she did a DJ set for the Resource Center, like during COVID, and I thought that was so sick. Um, <laughs> and she is friends with a lot of the WRW people. Yeah. And that was not really a connection that I made at the time, but then last year. I got invited to some parties from Barry. Um, she and her friends had cl- created a Mad Gal Collective. Of It's a female-led DJ collective and artistic space. And um, 
I knew some of the people vaguely, but I felt like that was a really cool place to be at. And I went to some of those things and it was like nothing I had ever experienced at school um, here socially, like nightlife wise. Mm -hmm. um, it was like good, like music, um, people who were willing to be friendly and like talk to you yeah. even <laughs> if they didn't know you. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that I actually did know a lot of people at these things, which was surprising to me because I would, I, I didn't really go out that much because I didn't really know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I also didn't really like the vibes of them. <laughs> um, but this was a lot different. And then through that, across the street, they were throwing Babylon parties. Um, and that was like the WRW people. Yeah. Um, and kind of similar thing, but a little bit different. I would say those were less conversation-y and more like EDM, like loud music vibes. Mm -hmm. And I liked both. <laughs> um, but through those two things, like, I met a lot of people, um, but also, like, re-met people that I kind of, ba like, barely knew and got closer with them and was able to bring my, like, queer friends to these things and show them what I was seeing. Um, and it was really cool. I mean, like, that was one of the best things, I think, like, last semester. It really made a big difference in my experience. Um, I ended up writing an article about Mad Gal, which also brought me closer to those people mm -hmm. and like that, that collective in general. And like, it was just really cool. Um, unfortunately, all those people graduated. So yeah. I was coming back this, this year and I was like, what is going to happen? <laughs> no. um, yeah. But there are still people making collectives and doing that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Jace, he created cult collective and it's pretty similar to mad gal um it has a lot of overlapping people who didn't graduate mm -hmm. and they're throwing things too now um it's different for sure but that type of vibe is still there and that's nice um but i'm still excited to see what's to come and besides that like course there's like tracks and wonder barn stuff but i don't really <laughs> like those types of things mm -hmm. and um i'm not really one to go to like just a general like party i don't really like those things either <laughs> so i know nothing's really gonna be like Magdal or babylon again but <clears throat> it was a special moment for yeah me. no no it's um, i'm glad to hear i actually um i know i met barry a couple times mm -hmm. and Bush actually bought like the the Mad Gal hoodie. Cool. Um, so they actually they really love it. But we, um, I met um, Barry like our freshman year because they were also in charge of um, a club on campus. Mm -hmm. um, I it's like it's literally just for folks that um, identify as a woman or it's, you know. And it was essentially just like a club on campus. But a lot of folks that I have met like through organizing and stuff like went and they were just it was just a nice group because you know they focused on um their voices you know folks that are usually left out you know mm -hmm. and it was actually just really cool very zone uh this <laughs> is very cool I've, i kind of um seen barry like a few times my freshman year mm -hmm. i was like oh <laughs> i felt so like intimidated because i was like oh 
I don't feel like I'm cool enough to say hi. Yeah, all those people are really cool. Uh-huh. And I felt like, like I had followed a lot of those people when I first got here, not even knowing them. Just saw them on Instagram, saw that they all like knew yeah. each other, and I was like, those are cool people. I just want to follow them. Um, and then cut to last year when I'm like partying at those people's places and I'm like oh like I'm part of the cool people (laughs) like that's sick um it's very full circle and yeah I have very fond memories of that Mm -hmm. type of thing no I'm glad uh I guess um folks being able to like find their the spaces you Mm -hmm. know and uh communities that they could really just be comfortable and have fun um that they don't have to like you know hide I think that that's really important when you're away if you're going away for campus if you just wanted you know ask you to be a different experience for you mm-hmm. um just finding your own spaces so i guess um based off your experiences um if you have any advice you kind of want to bestow is the word we've been using mm-hmm. um future generations of queer and non-queer folks mm-hmm. um that kind of attend syracuse or just in general yeah well i'll say that kind of going back to Barry for a second like our conversation and you can read it in jerk from I don't know 2020 I guess 2021 mm-hmm. um, is that sometimes the spaces don't exist and you have to make them yourself and that's definitely what she did and that's definitely what you can do if you're seeing that it doesn't exist because sometimes it might not mm-hmm. um I don't want to say that I completely created um, Alpha Kappa Psi, but I'm definitely part of the reason why it is the way it is now. Mm-hmm. And part of my goal is to continue on that legacy for after I graduate. And that is a space that everyone in it helps make a safe space for people. Um, things change over the years jerk and wrw are not the same as they were so is alpha kappa Psi. so it's always going to be different everyone's graduating and there's new people coming in but you can kind of look at those things and see okay these people are cool um i want to be part of it and i would say go outside your comfort zone my freshman year it was really hard for me to do so i was just dealing with a lot of social anxiety Mm-hmm. Um, really, really worried about what other people thought of me, and it was mostly just because I was so like insecure in myself. Um, but stepping outside my comfort zone over and over and over again in college has been worth it, and has brought me to all the places that I'm at right now. I literally, like, I've done some random things on campus, like I modeled nude for a BPA class for a semester and as a trans person being naked is really scary Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you're clothed and you think that people think that you're cis and then you take off your clothes and you're very obviously not cis Um, but those things brought me a lot of confidence and fortunately I had good experiences in them Um, and I met people in the class and got to write about it in Jerk and 
overall just really helps my confidence. Like, I've literally been naked in front of a group of people I didn't know. Yeah. And I've also been naked in front of a group of people that I did know. <laughs> um, and they went on to say, um, hey, I saw you naked the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, like, just go outside your comfort zone and really push yourself to do things that you want to do but you might be afraid to do because mm-hmm. you should, like, you deserve to do the things you want to do. Um and like fuck fear that's my advice yeah no fuck uh, you know i fear i don't know if i'm supposed to curse but um oh sorry no <laughs> it doesn't matter i had other interviews before <laughs> and i'm not i'm not censoring anything so <laughs> um but i guess um also i get also um my fear um the for the business person that you're in also i know a couple of folks that are in it and mm-hmm. You know, they just tell me how excited they are, you know. Um, I know Adam, he's so funny. Yeah, he's so funny. Adam's a cool guy. He's, he's so funny. I met him. He's very funny. He was at some summer start. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he's just funny. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's any... And he's, like, a kind guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing that AKSI brought me is, like, I don't have a lot of guy friends. Yeah. I don't really connect with a lot of cis guys, sometimes not even trans guys, to be honest. And, like, every single man that I've met from Alpha Kappa Psi has been a genuine guy that I feel like connected to and feel close to, which really is a very rare experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that's such a gift. Uh, literally every single person in that, in that org um, who's graduated, who's still there, I genuinely like care about and I know that they care about me. Mm-hmm. Like that's just such a, I feel like a rare thing especially in a school where like you don't necessarily feel feel like cared about in a lot of ways there's actually a lot of things that like show that we do not care about you (laughs) Um, so many but yeah shout out to adam shout out to like literally all the dudes in that frat like (laughs) it's not even a lot of dudes it's just crazy but i know um uh abraham yeah abe too Uh, yep yeah no i also in semester it's actually he's so nice um he helped me warm summer move into my self campus apartment like in the middle of the night you know yeah no these no. people are like so ride or die people mm-hmm. and like i appreciate that because i'm also kind of like that and <laughs> i don't like doing it for people who aren't gonna like return the favor mm-hmm. you know <laughs> no they're um they're very <laughs> some of their they're very kind folks you know and i i'm glad that yeah he was able to at least have the RA that would be able to connect you to a person. Yeah. That she did her job right. <laughs> shows you the opportunity um, to meet your community. And, you know, now you're the president. So yeah. that, you know, that's something very. It's nice. all very full circle. Yeah. Like now I'm a senior and I'm like, wow, like I can actually look back and like my college experience, even though it was, you know, deeply obviously affected by COVID, like I still did everything that I wanted to do. And I'm at a point now where, like, all of those things I can look back on and be super, super proud of myself and super, super grateful for the people that I've, like, met and became friends with along the way. Um, And to this day, like, they still support me. I still support them. And that's just, like, I don't know. It's such a nice thing. I I feel like, like I kind of said, like, 
it's it's easy to feel alone here um and i did feel alone here a lot but like i have so many people now that like support me i can't possibly feel alone no i'm glad that you found your community i think for trans just folks in the community i think the the loneliness, you know, is something that's yeah. very difficult because it's hard to explain. It's hard to communicate mm-hmm. sometimes. The therapy at the Vine Center, you know, there's not enough workers, but it's also very difficult to not have access to therapy. Like, yeah. even though I'm paying for it, it's part of my tuition, mm-hmm. I'm still getting charged for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my freshman year, it took me such a long time to get an appointment. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this with you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like um, I'm glad that, you know, your experience in group therapy has, like, allowed you to meet people um, was helpful for you, um, in a sense, because I know not everyone react has the same experiences to group therapy, yeah, or just not aren't comfortable enough to talk about specific things. Um, so I'm glad that at least group therapy was a form that was helpful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was another example of me coming out of my comfort zone. Like, mm-hmm. it is very hard to tell people that you don't know, like what's going on because it's obviously deeply personal to you yeah but then you kind of realize like that everyone around you is kind of dealing with the same type of thing <laughs> yeah and you're like oh like even though i don't know you're talking about your family and i'm talking about like something way different it's yeah. still kind of the same themes and like we're all not really alone um yeah i'm still doing that it's it's different now but i think that that is like a really great thing that I did um but yeah like you said it doesn't work for everyone yeah none of these things do yeah I am um, I had some when I first started uh they made me speak to a counselor to see if I was transitioning you know if I had gender dysphoria and I was like I do mm-hmm. I don't have to meet with somebody but whatever um but I was talking unfortunately all of my counselors that I spoke to like have left at you because they realized yeah. you know, as you yeah it's not great sometimes, and um, I'm happy for them because, um, you know, they moved on to a better spot for them. Yeah. Unfortunate because they were my counselors, but mm-hmm. it, is what, it is what it is. Um, but I guess um, just to, just um, the fact that at least that service is for folks, that maybe that it does work for them and it's helpful for them in some way. Um, navigating spaces that they don't know because even if you don't, like, I, I was grateful that, you know, through not getting a shoe, through protesting, I was able to meet folks mm-hmm. within the community or um, other queer folks mm-hmm. um, and, like, try to understand maybe why I was feeling certain ways or, like, you know, what what was it? You know, what was the question mark? You know, mm-hmm. what, was, what was I missing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are things that SU did for folks that just gave them the right timing, the right opportunity yeah. just to walk into a path with someone, you know, just, you was able to meet a person, and even if your experience isn't great, you know, um, at least you both coming to SU at that time. Yeah, you know? and I, I think that the ways that I've found community here often have to do with the fact that we all are kind of marginalized, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and not, and we don't feel comfortable in the spaces that everyone else does, um, so we find our own spaces. Yeah. And... It's sad that that has to happen, but the spaces that are built are more, are, you know, 
built off of we need a place to feel comfortable and for others to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and those places are kind of a lot better (laughs) kind of a lot (laughs) for lack of better words (laughs) um i guess so uh we're kind of approaching like the end because kind of just talked about it was a freestyle um but i just wanted to ask you we talked about community we talked about um i guess ways to cope with loneliness or Mm -hmm. how to maybe how to deal with our problems um so i guess what is just some things that bring you joy or like you know we talk about just joy and community i think for me i do a lot of things for myself that bring me joy but at the end of the day like i was having like a rough week to be honest and one of my friends was just like walking past my house from westcott like just called me and was like are you home I just want to say hi and I was and I just said hi and it was literally just like those types of small interactions Mm -hmm. those bring me so much joy so like just small things to show that you care about the people around you are so important and can literally make someone's day like that made my day um and also showing up for yourself like Of course, there's a big piece of it that, you know, you might be suffering from the, you know, effects of your situation, and that's really hard. Um, You can also do things, though, that, like, bring you joy, and you deserve to do that for yourself. Yeah. Um, Even as far as, like, I don't know, going home and watching, like, Trixie and Katya episode of, like, (laughs) oh, like shit like that that brings me joy Mm -hmm. I don't know stuff like that like um, things that I actually like to do going to the gym being outside listening to music watching TV like stuff like that Mm -hmm. eating food with people doesn't have to be big gesture doesn't have to be a big thing at all Mm -hmm. just like connecting with other people and showing up for them in that type of way oh yeah I think what you talked about also I think also what I realized with different interviews are just focusing on like small things that might cheer us up you know mm-hmm. I think um, being a student on campus is difficult enough yeah. <laughs> without having like other intersectional identities mm-hmm. on top of that mm-hmm. um, so just making sure that you know you're just doing little things it doesn't have to be something big you don't have to decide one day like oh I'm gonna go outside you know or like go to the park you know it could just be Watching stuff that make you happy, or listening to music, maybe going on a walk. Yeah. Um, getting a go pop, go yeah. puff like. Getting any ice, ice pops or something. Yeah, literally. I, getting a snack. I. Yeah. I love to snack. So, um, or look, if even in ordering food, and uh, if you have like the opportunity to get food from your favorite place or something, um, I guess just to wrap it up. Um, I just want to say thank you again for coming out. And if you would have anything else you would like to share overall about your experience, anything you're grateful for, just yeah. I mean, I didn't really touch a lot of a lot upon it, but the the place that I'm at right now, transition wise and like identity wise, there's so much privilege there that I've been able to experience. Fortunately, my family supports me. My family financially supports me. I was able to do all of like the 
legal changes and stuff before I got here, so nothing was like, like that's a whole process to deal with, as you mm -hmm. know, and like all of those things, I could not have done that without my family yeah. and without the position that I'm in, um, and if, and even that was hard, like with all of the privileges. Yeah. So if you are not of that experience, it's way harder. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I tried to like explain to people who are cis or who don't understand that because not only does like society make you feel some type of way for being trans, but also there's so much like labor that goes into it. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely exhausting. Yeah, I am. Um, when we talk about like legal name changes, you know, I, you know, there's stories where folks are like oh you know but these documents still pop up with my birth mm -hmm, name or mm -hmm. you know my dead name and oh but you know there's just they they aren't still changing it like you know even even if it's a gender marker you know mm -hmm. it's still not being changed you know it's still not i still feel like uncomfortable or even like traveling abroad you yeah. know like internationally mm -hmm. i didn't really think about it that much because um, i haven't really gone out you know since since I started transitioning, like, I kind of thought about it, you know, visiting a family, um, even, like, me thinking about going abroad next semester, I started to think about, like, you know, going through airport security, Yep. and I was like, I really don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, like, you know, I don't want to go through customs, um, but I have to go through customs. Even as someone who has all of, like, mm -hmm the gender marker change, the name change, and all of that stuff, like, it's still fucking terrifying to go through TSA. Yeah. And I still get pat down most of the time. Nice. Um, stuff like that, I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, listen, it's not gonna stop me, but it has tried to. Um, even, like, high school, my name was already changed, but they, like, legally, and they wanted to print my dead name in the, in the yearbook. Mm -hmm. Um... And if it wasn't for my dad, I, it would have happened. And because of that, I was able to, like, because of that situation, it changed, like, the policy changed for future, you know, queer students mm -hmm. that they can have their preferred name in the yearbook. And, like, that is such a small thing, but it's a big deal when you're graduating. Like, yeah. you don't want a yearbook with your dead name in it. Yeah. Um, and it also is dangerous if people find that out. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very, very thankful for my support systems. And I try to use those support systems to, you know, create an easier future for other people who might not have that support. Mm. No, I, I'm glad that at least with your, you know, diploma and also you was able to get it in your, you know, mm -hmm. as far and um, at least now, also, your senior year, thinking about, you know, your sash is going to be, like, really nice. Yeah. Your opponent's going to say, when it gets shipped, hopefully there's no problems. I hear so many seniors that, like, graduate. <laughs> so many seniors, like, it took forever to get my diploma, and I was like, no. And then it came bent. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting a long time. Um, but thank you so much again for coming out. Um, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, no. Uh, and thank you again. Mm -hmm.